1: Hashtag no music, no intro. Another episode of Hashtag Same Sort of Podcast coming at you. It's, you know what, folks? It's hashtag draft season. And we couldn't do, we couldn't get into draft season without having a a friend of the pod, um, a fixture in the internet, NFL draft community, Scott Wright of Draft Countdown, um, how, how you doing, Scott? You know we've been friends for for a long time now. Uh, if you've been following the podcast since the beginning, we had we had Scott on last year oh, um, right. before the draft. Um, Scott's been on previously when I had the when I did the podcast, the Saints Talk podcast with Nick. Um, like they like Jordan Jordan Grove, who you know is part of Saints Twitter. I met quote unquote Jordan Grove through the draft countdown forums like it's just it's it's crazy the the what the internet like what draft countdown has meant to like especially like older uh yeah you know older uh people who were in um nfl draft fans so scott as always man thank you for coming on and joining us
2: hey guys i am glad to be here thank you so much for that that uh, intro it's much appreciated and uh yeah, I haven't been doing too much, uh, many draft interviews here lately in the last two, three months or so, but, uh, but I always got time for you guys, obviously.
1: So I know we talked about this a little offline, and I'm not going to still into Europe Thunder, um, but we'll, before we even start getting into the drafts, talk about the Saints, draft as a whole, whatever, uh, Let's what's going on in, in, in Scott's world in regards to Anything that you have in your life, you know, venture wise, you know, pertaining to NFL draft or, or whatnot? Like, what do you have on the horizon? Yeah,
2: uh, big news for me is I'm making a career change, uh, something I didn't really envision, but an opportunity presented itself that I just absolutely could not say no to. Uh, a couple of my, my best buddies who I've known for two decades, we went to college together. They're really successful entrepreneurs. They came to me and said, we want to work on a startup in the sports card industry, and we want you to be a co-founder. And, uh, I I mean, how do you say no to that? Because I I love the NFL draft uh, since I was basically 13 years old on. But even before that, I was the kid at the card shows buying the Chuck Knobloch cards for a quarter and selling them for a dollar. So that was my first love. So I, I got right flipping them right so you know i got to live out my first dream of uh, or one of my dreams of covering the nfl draft and and now i get to kind of uh do the same thing in the trading card industry i'm obviously i'm still always going to love the nfl draft and anybody who knows me you guys especially you guys know how much i love the nfl draft so it yes. was going to take something pretty special to pull me away um and it just so happened it came along so uh you know we have a lot of work to do, and, and the company's still in stealth mode right now, so we can't say too much in detail. But yeah. uh, we have a lot of work to do. Um, uh, but it's really exciting. Uh, we have a great team, yeah. and it's fun, man. So, uh, and yeah, so I- more more to come. Uh, and and also, uh, draft countdown. There is some plans for that. It will live on. Um, I don't want to oh. steal the thunder, but uh, there there is a plan of action for that. Uh, more to come on that front as well.
3: Oh, okay. That, that's that's dope, man. I, I just love to hear it, I love. You know, trading cards, man, it's such a niche area. And it's like a, mm. it's one of those things kind of like vinyl, you know, like people, you know, years ago, people thought like vinyl was dead. And then, you know, it kind of started making a comeback just, you know, that niche market of people who just love listening to music on vinyl, you know. And I think there's that same thing with trading cards. I, I just I'm going to keep an eye on you just to see how you're doing, because I just think that's an interesting way to pivot where everybody's going one way and you saying, okay, I'm going to take a look back. I'm going to go this way and see what this brings me. I like that. So uh I'm proud of you, man. I look forward to seeing
2: what you got to do. Oh, thank you. Thank you. And, you know, trading cards, you know, it's a time tested thing, you know, it, it, yeah. it and flows like any industry. And, and right now it's really hot again. And I think the difference right now too is is one it, the people are our age, right? People who are 40, 50 years old now that collected these cards in maybe the eighties. Now they're older, they've got some more mm. money. And, and that's mm. always been the case. People collected cards when they're young and they got older. But I think the difference now is it's viewed as more of a legitimate investment. Right. Mm. I mean, and you know, you see a Michael Jordan rookie card selling for three quarters of a million dollars. Mm. And I mean, but, but how is that different than a Picasso somebody wants to hang on their wall? Maybe yeah, that's right. this generation's Picasso, right? And, and, you know, it's a lot cooler for people to talk about, hey, I bought a Michael Jordan rookie than saying, hey, I bought a bunch of stock in Microsoft today. I mean, yeah, yeah. you know, so, so I think that's the difference that people are really viewing cards as a legitimate investment. And um, so, uh, so that's what really gives me hope for the future. But no matter what the trading card industry has shown over 100 plus years, that it'll be here uh, one way or another.
1: It, I mean, we don't have to look any further if we look at um, like someone still needs to explain to me the purpose of Top Shop shot and like <laughs> what like people are buying like gifts or like like I it, like the whole NBA Top Shop thing. Like I'm I'm still not 100 percent how it works, but like there was a Top Shop whatever that recently sold for like what 250 thousand dollars. Like someone. Owns a gift like I don't know, man. Like, I don't, but like, obviously, I, I say that because like there, like there's a market for like. So yeah, that's no,
2: I, absolutely, yeah. That like I I don't understand Top Shot either. I mean, I understand the concept of it, but like I just you know, I was like I I don't I even understand the, card the card. concept of it.
1: Like I I, I
2: don't because it's like can't I just go watch it on YouTube? And, and of course, <laughs> their, their counter is oh with 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 your baseball card. Oh, I I can just look at a picture of your baseball card. So i guess touche but i don't know we'll see if it has lasting power it's i like i say I, cards have been around for over a century i know the lasting uh-huh. powers there we'll see if this uh this top shot stuff is a fad Teach their own man if people like it more power to them man do what yeah. you love but uh yeah, I- i'm sticking with my cards i i i think it's a generational thing with this top shot thing too i think maybe we're just uh we we might have missed it by a decade fellas <laughs> i agree (laughs) maybe 15 maybe a decade and a half in my
1: (laughs) so i know that i know you're having a career change soon but obviously I, i feel like you would have still somewhat of a you know a pulse of this upcoming nfl draft um like i was telling you and ryan offline before we start recording this is the first draft in i don't even know like maybe the um what was the draft that the Saints drafted up and drafted the D Taco from Georgia? Um, uh, Jonathan Sullivan? Jonathan Sullivan. This is yeah. oh my god. This is probably the first time since that draft where I have had like very little, like very limited knowledge in, in terms of prospects. Like I don't know what it is. That we I, I said I don't know if it's covert related. I don't know if it's combine. I don't know if it's just I don't have the time or just I just don't have like that. Oh, let me throw on some X player and watch them this evening. Right. Like I just don't I don't I don't know what it is, but it just hasn't been there for me. Um but I'm still excited about the draft. We were talking that potentially five quarterbacks can go in the first round this you know of this uh, this coming draft, which is that's a lot, man. <laughs> that means talent's getting pushed down. Um there's a lot of need for quarterbacks. So it's the draft in itself is still very exciting, something that um, we're interested in. Um, so just broad strokes, what are your thoughts in regards to this draft class in general?
2: I mean, Trevor Lawrence, I mean, right. This is the Trevor Lawrence draft. Every draft has something that's known for. This is going to be the Trevor Lawrence draft. And, and and I see perusing social media. The uh, the nitpickers are, are starting to, to peek well, out yeah. and come out of the woodwork, right? Trevor Lawrence is overrated, right? Somebody Ryan, else. Ryan predicted
1: up. it. Ryan called it on the podcast and it was going to...
0: It's <laughs> uh,
2: it, it always does, right, Ryan? I mean, I, I yeah. remember Peyton Manning. I remember all the people who loved Ryan Lee. Oh, Peyton Manning's got no upside, guys. Peyton Manning's <laughs> got a noodle arm. You know, it's it's, it's always something. Uh, I, I, I'll stick with Trevor Lawrence. Uh, yeah, so, I mean, it's, uh, to me, that's much ado about nothing. It's a no-brainer. He's the number one pick. He's the story of this draft. And then after that, that's where it
1: gets
2: really interesting. <laughs> I mean, right. uh, not only with the quarterbacks, but, I mean, even just the next group of players in general, I think you can probably throw the next, what, six, seven and a hat and shake them up. And it might just depend on the draft order and who's picking where, but I, 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 other than Lawrence, the other guy in this class who stands out to me that I really like is Penny Sewell, the offensive tackle from Oregon. And I mean, it, I know he's another guy that's getting nitpicked a little bit right now. And don't get me wrong. He's not John Austin. He's not Orlando pace. He's not that level prospect, but he's darn good. I mean, he's, he's a 10, 12 year starter in the NFL, somewhere on the offensive line, no brainer. Um, And maybe he's more of a a Chris Samuels. I don't know if you guys go back that far with the Redskins took him third overall, or um, maybe a Jake Matthews. I'd kind of put him in that kind of class. Just, just rock solid. You know exactly what you're getting. Um, So, so he's the other guy that stands out for me in this class. And, um, but yeah, like you said, those other quarterbacks too, that's going to be the, the story too.
1: You said Jake Matthews, for, for him, is there maybe some – or is this too high to put him in the range of like Joe Thomas and how Joe Thomas was as a prospect?
2: Yeah, I think Joe Thomas was a better prospect. I think Joe Thomas was kind of in that John Ogden, Orlando yeah. pace. You know, he was that really elite, whereas Jake Matthews I think was maybe a notch below that. And I think Sewell's probably in that category as well.
3: Yeah, it's interesting just how this whole thing is – Supposed to play out because you know, with no combine, there's not as much you know chatter. Sources are saying, you know, anonymous anonymous scouts. There's really there really hadn't been none of that so far this season since there's no combine. You know, you had the little you know you had the uh, senior bowl, but it was kind of limited as far as you know how many people could be there. Um, you just got the pro day thing, even that's limited about how many people could show up. So it's really been kind of – it's really just been kind of an echo chamber of draft Twitter and listening to podcasts and trying to squeeze out any little info we can, you know. So it's kind of been funny. We really don't – I really don't have a handle. Like, usually by this time we have a handle of, like, the top five or six picks. You know, I have no idea, man. Like, I know – I'm pretty sure, obviously, Trevor Lawrence, after that, I mean, we still don't know. Like, Jets, like, you know, Trevor, I mean, is it Justin Fields? Is it BY, the BYU kid? I don't know. I just don't know. I mean, it seems like Justin Fields is starting to take his little lumps right now. You know, I, I don't know if that, you know, just had to do with him, you know, how the season kind of ended, you know, kind of beat up and stuff like that. Or, you know, is it just, the, you know, the raw talent of uh, Zach Wilson or whatever? But it's just like, it's really up in the air, which I'm kind of excited for that because it's just going to be a draft night where it's just like, who knows what's going to happen.
2: Yeah. And then some of these top guys, too, they've been out of sight, out of mind for a year and a half, too, right? right. I mean, Mike Parsons, uh, yeah. Rose, Greg Rozo from uh, Miami, who I really like, especially in this class where you don't have that that stud pass rusher. I mean, I think Greg is a, a heck of a player. I see him dropping all the top half of the first round in mock drafts, and that, that doesn't compute to me, especially in this class. If anything, he should get pushed up even earlier in this class considering the lack of other top-end options.
3: Yeah, I mean, Jamal Chase, like, he opted out, and it's like, you know, where do you take a wide receiver? Do you want to invest, like, a top five pick in a wide receiver in today's NFL when it's just like with these guys – you find like top wide receivers in the first round, second round, third round, fourth round. You know what I'm saying, like all through the draft. So it's like, you know, what the hell?
2: Yeah, and a lot of them got good ones last year. Right, last year was a right. a, a great class, and this is another really deep class. And um, and and I think you know everyone talks about Devonte Smith. He won the Heisman Trophy, but I think he's going to be at best the third wide receiver off the board. Mm-hmm.
1: I think I think Chase and Waddle it. both Let's go talk ahead about of him. it. Well, right. I, I, I'm I'm just saying I've been I know the I've been a huge Waddle fan dating back to last season. Like yeah. to me, we, 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 when you stack all four of those receivers together, and I say four, I mean Jerry Judy, um, Henry Ruggs, Waddle, and Devontae Smith. Waddle just always seemed like Hot. the best prospect of all three of them, which is an insane thing to say. <laughs> like, which is which is nuts. Um, so to hear that you have him as your wide receiver too, um, obviously you had you had the injury that really derailed his season. Um, but to hear that you still think he still may go over Devonte Smith and Devonte Smith just won the Heisman had like three touchdowns in the national championship. Like, I think that kind of goes to show how good of a prospect Waddle is.
2: I mean, Waddle, I mean, he's Tyreek Hill. I mean, that's, that's the type of player I, I think he is, you know, he's just a, uh, just so explosive. Um, so, yeah, and and I, I have some questions about Devontae Smith. I think he's a good player. Is he a number one wideout in the NFL? No. I don't know about that, you know. So, yeah, I, I think I think teams are going to prioritize the big play ab- ability of Waddle over the well-rounded uh, acumen of, of Devontae Smith when when all is said and done.
1: Uh, yeah, no, go ahead. I'm sorry, Ryan. No, go ahead. Go ahead. I was going to say, so uh, we haven't really hit on it since Saints-wise, but a player that I love and why do I love him? The Saints aren't going to draft him because he's a wide receiver. Um, But is Tooney from Florida. I don't know what his draft range is, but every time I seem to watch a Florida game or, you know, SEC game was on CBS, like his his playmaking ability, he has that kind of Percy Harvin, like you know type of play style where he played wide receiver he was just an an, like just an offensive weapon in general um like Debo Samuel yeah what do you think about him as a prospect and like do you have like a a read on what his draft range is
2: and now this one is one where I'm a little bit of a disadvantage because he was a guy who, who emerged as a senior right and really moved up draft boards but but before the season when I was still in the draft world he was a guy that was on the radar that he's going to shoot up boards, right? They had all those receivers last year and he was kind of buried. It was just a matter of him getting more of an opportunity this year. And, and he lived up to all those ex- expectations. He took, took advantage of that opportunity. And um, you know, the name I've heard is Debo Samuel. And, and I think that probably fits. Like you said, yeah. he's just an all around playmaker. You can move all around. Uh, you can put him in the backfield. Uh, so uh, really interesting guy. Now. I mean, would I want to take a player like that in the first round this year? I don't know about that. I, I think, you know, I see him as high as like maybe in the 20s, top 25 in mock drafts. That feels a little high for me based on his short track record, and how many good wide receivers there are in this class. I don't, I mean, Debo Samuel was a mid second round pick. Is he as good of a player as Debo was or whatever? I don't, I think Debo was better. So, so that, that's a little rich to me if you're talking top 20, 25 overall, but if you're going to get him in the second round, yeah. So I guess that's kind of where I am in on Kadarius Tony.
3: Kind of back to the quarterbacks. Mac Jones is just one of the most fascinating players to me because, you know, he has a good bit of tape out there. Uh, played at a, you know, big school, a uh, lot of games, a lot of big games. He's getting mocked to the Saints quite a bit, kind of as a fit. Adam and I, we you know, we did a kind of podcast, just kind of a quick study on him just to kind of see who he is. And it's just he's just one of those players where – you can't find a lot of bad things to nitpick. And that becomes a flaw in itself. You know what I'm saying? Where it's like, yeah, I need to find like I want to see a really terrible game so I can see why he failed. But it's like with Alabama and just the talent they have around him on the offensive line, you know, you know, pass catches, running back, coaching, everything. It's like you just don't see, you don't see him really get tested mentally and physically like you would want to see. So I I don't know how much you watched him, but like, you know, just, just where are you with Mac Jones as just a prospect overall.
2: Yeah. You know, of those five potential first round quarterbacks, I think he's pretty clearly the least physically talented of the group. But I mean, he compensates in a lot of ways. I mean, he's one of those kind of Jack of all trades, master of none to a certain degree, but, Mm. but I, you know, Adam and I were talking before, I mean, I, I, I would put the over under on his draft range at 20 and a half, and I would take the over. I think he goes somewhere in that just outside the top 10, and I don't think he gets outside the top 20 just because yeah. of, of the demand uh, for at that position and how many teams you go through. You know, I was just looking at the draft order, and I mean, th- there's a whole lot of teams that need a quarterback in the top 20. There's certainly more than five.
1: Yeah, there, there is, and we don't know how, you know. I mean, worst yeah. case,
2: Washington and 19, Chicago 20, right? I mean, that's like the yeah. worst case scenario.
3: Yeah, Washington makes a lot of sense, too.
1: Yeah, it makes a lot of sense for Washington, a lot of sense. Because they seem like a team that if they just had consistent quarterback play, you know, they could be yeah. in, the, in the conversation at least being very competitive in the NFC East for a long time to come.
2: And you look at their quarterbacks now. What type of quarterbacks do they prefer? Who's in there? Alex Smith, uh, Taylor Heineke. um, uh, Who am I missing? I'm missing one of them. Uh, Uh, He's gone.
1: He's gone.
2: Yeah, that's it. Yeah, yeah. But, I yeah, so, okay, so, yeah. But, I mean, both those guys not overly physically toolsy, you know, more about the intangibles. And, I mean, that right. That's Mac Jones. So he very much fits the profile of what Washington looks for in the quarterback room right now, I think it's fair to say.
1: Um, we, so the prospect that people – so first the, the Mac Jones was a prospect that people voted on Twitter for us for Ryan and I to break down. And so the second prospect was J.C. Horn, son of Saints legend, wide receiver Joe Horn. I've watched like two games with J.C. Horn – I don't know if Ryan's been able to watch him yet. We're still going to have our J.C. Horn episode. Fans, listeners, calm down. It's going to happen. <laughs> we'll get to it. Um, But, we, you know, so we'll talk from our perspective. But, like, what did – he kind of had, like, this year was his strongest year. Um, What is he as a prospect? And, I guess, how does he compare to someone like uh Patrick Sertan Jr. in, in this year's draft?
2: Yeah, I I think there I think he's in that second tier. I think you're at the top you're talking about Sertan from Alabama, and then Caleb Farley from Virginia Tech, who another one of those guys who opted out. I, I like Caleb Farley from Virginia Tech. I think he's cornerback one in this draft, and I think oh. he's going to go in the top ten overall. Um, I, I like Sertan too. I think he's just just shortly behind. And then I think there's a little bit of a drop off to Horn. Yeah. Um, and and I, and I you know this is another player I haven't done a deep dive on JC Horn, but. I believe, you know, the big knock, he wasn't like too much of a playmaker. um, Not a lot of interceptions, uh, but I mean, physically he's got it all right. He looks the part. He's got pro bloodlines. He's big, he's fast. So there's a lot to like about him. I mean, I didn't think CJ Henderson deserved to go as early as he did either. So, you know, it's one of those positions that gets pushed up the board. I mean, look at uh, the Ohio state corner that the Raiders took too early last year. I mean, uh, corners got pushed up.
1: David
2: Arnett, I believe. Yeah, Damon Arnett. A.J. Terrell got pushed up earlier than he should have gone. So, so yeah, I, I think just as a product of that, I'd probably bet on Horn going in the first round. I think he will be a first-round pick. But I think there is a, a separation between the top two. And I, I think, Farley, the reason he's going to get the edge over Sertan is I just think he's going to test better. Hmm. Yeah, Sir tan so man, that, that's another one of those players who makes me feel old. I remember in, when his dad was in the, the draft, like I, oh, I still have the Mel Kiper book with his dad on the cover in my collection yeah. in the file cabinet somewhere. He used to come over to our
3: house, man. My, my sister went to school with him in the car. And he'd come over by the house and everything. Like, you know, I mean, I was a little kid. I didn't know. And then, you know, he was in the NFL. I'm like, whoa, you know what I'm saying? Like he was one of the first people I knew that were in the NFL. It's like, yo, I know him. You know, it's just like one of those things. You know, and I haven't seen him since. It's not like we, you know, we know each other, but it's just one of those yeah. things. Like, whoa! And then I'm looking, you know, and then he's playing. You know, his son is in, the, in college football and getting drafted. And I was just like, what the hell? Wild,
2: Damn, bro. I'm old, bro. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> the moment I realized how old I was was when I interviewed uh, Josh Allen, the Wyoming quarterback, at the Senior Bowl, and he was just this baby face kid. I was like. Oh my goodness. Uh, <laughs> that was when it slapped me in the face and I officially became yeah. old.
3: Like, these are kids, man. Kids. 99, 2000. It's like, what the hell? Right. So, I mean, yeah, like with JC Horn, I haven't done a deep dive like Adam done yet, but, I, you know, first thing that stands out with him is just, you know, his playing mm-hmm. attitude, which is like a big thing for me with cornerbacks. Yeah. I just love the attitude he plays with. That's like huge check mark for me, but. You know, as far as, like, just overall prospect, I don't see, like, you know, top 10 pick, like, this cornerback. Like, I I don't know if he's ever going to be, like, just put J.C. Horn on that guy and he'll make him disappear. I don't think he's that guy.
1: I I was going to save this for our J.C. Horn episode. So I kind of have, like, pro comparisons for him if he, like, is, like, just becomes, like, the player that obviously reaches the potential whatever. I see some Xavier Howard in him, like play style wise of uh, the Dolphins and Xavier J- Howard just came off of a monster season, love the, the league and in, in interceptions. Um, but if he doesn't hit his ceiling and the Saints fans may not like this, but I also see like, I saw a lot of Carlton Davis in him.
3: Bro, you know, It's
1: exactly <laughs> who I was thinking. That yeah. is exactly who like
3: hit my mind when I was watching him. I was like, you know, he could be like a Carlton Davis type mm-hmm. of player. Just like a good solid. Yes, he's gonna get beat sometimes, but just overall, just a good starting cornerback that's gonna play for a while, you know?
1: Yeah, like his his size, his length, and like uh, when Saints fans should know, like Carlton Davis had Mike 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 Thomas on on a on a milk card. <laughs> like you know, basically three games this past season. Um so I just, they're like, just, I was like, man, there's some Carlton Davis to him. in his game. Like, but I think if he becomes like, you know, the, the prospect that people thinking he, like that he is, I think I do see some Damian Howard to him too. Uh-huh. He, he's a, he's an interesting prospect. We'll, but we'll save that for, for the JC Howard or sorry, the, the JC Horn episode.
2: And it seems like some of the other – like the Georgia corner that he's competing with, it's kind of the same thing where, you know, they're toolsy, maybe a little bit of an underachiever, a little bit of untapped potential, but have all the tools. So he's competing with like kind of similar guys for draft slot, I feel like.
3: Yeah. Yeah. And uh, I guess some of the other co- quarterbacks uh, – I mean, just – I guess, you know, what, what's your kind of post around the league as far as, uh, you know, at the top of the draft with the Jets – um uh who else needs a quarter, quarterback at the top? I mean, you got the you know, you got the Carolina Panthers, you got all these trade rumors going on. Desha- Deshaun Watson, you got Sam Bradford, who I don't think anybody's going to trade for like as a starter, but you know, he's out there. Um uh, so what's what's this kind of peak in your interest just as a, you know, as a novice NFL NFL fan? It's just uh, you know, trying to see where where are these guys going? You know what what are these teams doing?
2: Yeah, I mean, you mentioned some of the teams, quarterbacks. I mean, the Jets, obviously, too. They have to make their decision. I I still like Sam Darnold. Uh, I I have a tendency to oh, you, to hold on a little too you, long. But you play
1: I, you put you you that that Titanic still playing that song? It's going down, <laughs> Scott. I know.
2: <laughs> I, I know I, I can hear the music, but I just can't resist. I mean, even last year, I mean, there there were flashes of brilliance yes. from Sam McDonald. Yes, there it. was, cause
1: there's, cause there's always flashes with Sam Darnold.
2: Yeah. And I mean, it's just like, I mean, talk about breaking every rule in the book when it comes to developing a young quarterback, right? The Jets just absolutely demolished that, that kid. So I tend boy. to, I tend to think they're going to move on and start fresh. Um, and, and who it's going to be, that's the big question. Uh, Zach Wilson at two overall, that, that kind of scares me. I don't know if I, if I like that. I think I'd personally rather have Sam Darnold. But, um, but yeah, I mean, the Jets, obviously, Carolina is very hungry to go and upgrade a quarterback. Um, Denver, I think, is maybe looking to do something at quarterback. Maybe San Francisco. Uh, maybe Minnesota brings a quarterback in. I mean, that's what six teams in the top fifteen overall. New England like how, at fifteen. So. Like
1: how crazy yeah. is that?
2: <laughs> I mean, there's there's no shortage of options, potential homes for these quarterbacks. So it's just a matter. of We know who's gonna be the first, and I'm pretty sure. I, I don't even know if I want to say I'm pretty sure that Mac Jones is gonna be fifth. I wouldn't be shocked if. Would we be completely shocked if Mac Jones went ahead of of uh, Trey Lance?
1: No, not at all.
2: Right so yeah I mean it could happen I hope not Trey Lance is a, a fellow Minnesotan so I'm rooting re- for him personally but uh but yeah uh and you know I I think Minnesota should take Trey Lance I mean to me this is a perfect chance for them to do what Kansas City did with with oh. Alex Smith and Patrick Mahomes bring him oh. in let him learn for a year and uh and let the hometown kid flourish
1: Were the Vikings picking
2: they're at 14 so it's, it's doable I mean they're in yeah. striking
1: range it is I, I don't know it's the 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 quarterbacks in this draft make it so fascinating because i could easily see trey lance going in the top 10 like without you know but that's a that's a great yeah that's a that would be a great landing spot for him as a saints fan you but Mm. (laughs) like about like trey lance and justin jefferson throwing growing together no thanks (laughs) yeah and 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 what a
2: difference too for vikings fans because uh you know, a, a, they have such a one-dimensional player, in Kirk Cousins, then you'd be able to transition to a, a playmaker like Trey Lance at the And position, Dalvin? So.
1: No, you he can, he can save me for, save me for
2: <laughs> that. No way. I, I'm not a Vikings fan, per se, but just as a Minnesotan, that's the scenario I'm rooting for. I want to see the local kid come home and be their parent. You know, you were
3: you know, on a, one of our early, early episodes, like you were one of the early guests uh, back when we were just getting like Two digit downloads, ugh, just yuck. And now we, you know, now we killing the game, getting a bunch of downloads, a lot of listens. But you were, you know, cut on the Jameis Winston to Saints train, and you know, lo and behold, first it one.
2: happened.
3: Yeah, first first, first one. person. And lo and behold, it happened. He's with the Saints for a good season. You know, didn't get to play much, but and it's you know, it's starting to look, you know, highly likely that they try to bring him back uh, as a free agent. Uh, we'll see, you know, it's still got a lot of work to do as far as the salary cap and stuff. So, uh, I mean, you you looking forward to, you know, QB1,
2: Jameis Winston, New Orleans Saints? <laughs> I was hoping we saw it last year. I, I'm interested to hear what your thoughts are from the first year there with Jameis Winston, and and specifically, what are your guys' thoughts when they, they were starting Taysom Hill instead of giving Winston a shot?
1: Good, Adam. Um, did you, did you look- like that? I didn't and if you if you listen so if you listen to Sean Payton on the hustle and flow uh, podcast that Steve Weiss and um, Jim Trotter do uh, for NFL NFL uh, they had Sean Payton on one of the uh, you know one of their episodes and basically he said that the reason why Taysom started was that I guess during like the offseason before they re-signed Taysom or gave him the contract extension that he kind of like made this promise to face him that, you know, if Drew went down again about why he would get his shot as a starter. And, like, I don't – like, cool, I guess. Like, you're a man of your word, which is great. <laughs> but uh, I I would find it – and this is just me speaking. I have no inside intel. And this is not even – like, as a person, like, J- Jameis is fine now. But, like, it's it, it's – I can't call Ben Roethlisberger Ben Roethlisberger fucking big rape and then like still be cool if fucking Jameis has the quarterback (laughs) too but like it's just I just find it very hard to believe that in those practices especially when Drew was down that Taysom consistently looked better than Jameis did like because say whatever you would about him as a person like Jameis is a football savant like that's something that he had as a prospect like just his knowledge of the game was just on a completely different level when you watch him on the whiteboard so as a fan like it was disappointing you know because Taysom I think Taysom we saw what Taysom is and here's here's the scary thing that Ryan had on and I think we keep saying this thing to Saints Twitter you know to potentially lessen the blow but if like Jameis is a free agent there. Again, there's no guarantee that he's hundred percent going to be back. I think the likelihood is high, but if Ryan pace, or if, you know, the Steelers move on from Ben, if if one of those teams comes to Jameis and says, Hey, this is what we can offer you. Come be our starter. And he goes that route. Like the Saints may find themselves in a very precarious situation. Yes. Yeah,
2: I, I totally agree. Uh, and, and, and if I'm Jameis and if somebody else comes to me, I'm considering it. Right. Cause they've shown, Hey, they favor Taysom Hill. Right. I mean, they, they had a choice. They had the decision and they, they picked Taysom Hill. So I now all if, things being equal. I, I, mean, I think and, those, and you're right. I mean, I, nobody. I think
1: those negotiations are that if, if you're coming back, you're the starter. Like, I don't, I think that's like, would be dispelled very early in those type of negotiations and, and discussions.
2: And maybe Jameis won't have any other options, and he'll be coming back on a cheap deal, and he'll you know, battle it out. But but if the, if there is another option, you know it, that would make me think twice if I was Jameis. But uh, but I, you, you guys know I was a fan of of them bringing him in. I mean, he's still twenty. He just turned twenty seven. He's gonna be twenty seven this entire upcoming season only. I mean, <laughs> you know, I, I you, you give me the choice between him and the other options out there, I'll, I'll still roll the dice on Jameson, and maybe this is another Sam Darnold situation where I'm, I'm holding on a little too long. <laughs> and Darnold, but to be fair, like James
3: Winston has shown. True. Sam Darnold. Yes. You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah, for sure. For sure. He's, he's been a starting, you know, quarterback that has, you know, won games and put up like top five statistics. You know what I'm saying? Like, so he, he's touchdowns, everything, you know what I'm saying? Interceptions and fumbles, yes.
2: Did you guys hear anything about him this season? Just like as a teammate, because he seems to be one of those guys—a little bit of a knucklehead, maybe. But I think teammates uh, like him, right? Isn't I mean, he kind as, of like as much as I've heard, everyone loved him. Him. Yeah, Love yeah. him. everybody. Everybody right, yeah. loved him. I mean, he's—he's so, he's got it, right? He's got that it factor that people gravitate yeah, towards.
1: Yes, hundred percent, and yes. yeah, and you, we could—you could even see it, you know, with him with the celebration videos in the locker room or just whatever. Like it was, it, it was very something that you, that there's evidence of without question. Yeah. And that's yeah, so, so yeah. important at that position.
2: I mean, it's just, I mean, Tom Brady, right. I mean, you listen to all yeah. these people. I mean, they've everybody in Tampa just cannot say enough about Tom Brady. I mean, it's, you know, you, so I, I think that's, I think that's half the battle as a quarterback and I think Jameis has that. And now he's had a year to kind of, um, work his way into that locker room and ingratiate himself. So, yeah, I mean, if, if I'm if I was a Saints fan and and Jameis Winston's gonna be my quarterback to replace Drew Brees, I think they could do a lot worse. And that's pretty much where I'm at. Yeah, you know, it's,
3: it's it, you know it's not the best situation. It's not like yeah, I have the best guy that I want. It's just like look, you could do a lot worse to Jameis Winston. At least starting for a season, you got a talented team. Pretty much, you know let's go get him. You know what I'm saying? And it's like, he's with Sean Payton, maybe Sean Payton. Sean Payton has showed he could code, look he went three and one with Taysom Hill. He went, what, four and zero with uh, Teddy Bridgewater. I think James Winston is, you know, uh, far more talented than Taysom Hill and is uh, much more talented than uh, Teddy Bridgewater physically. So, I mean, so it's like the sky's the limit. You're just kind of hoping that we see a Jameis Winston we just haven't seen in the last you know, five years. Like, it's. you just want to see – you're just kind of hoping that the culture really impacts him and his maturity and, you know, integrating himself into the Saints uh, system and Sean Payton integrating his system with Jameis Winston. You know, you're going to see – you're going to see a different element to uh, Michael Thomas. He's not just going to be slant boy. He's going to be getting downfield, which he can do. He's, you're going to see a different element from Deontay Harris – who has, you know, world-class speed, you know, how that will affect, you know, Alvin Kamara, you know, because Drew Brees is notoriously, a, you know, a, he's going to he's gonna look at Alvin Kamara. Taysom Hill didn't, you know, Will will Jameis, I don't know. Like, I don't know. It will be interesting to see. So I'm just kind of fascinated by the whole storyline and just to see how it plays out. And just the fun of, you know, the Jameis, he's going, like I said, he's going to have like fun days where he's going to, I don't know, throw for 450 yards and just do some crazy shit. You know, ducking ducking defensive linemen behind the line of scrimmage and throwing the ball up there. So I just I'm just here for the for the fun time, me.
2: All right. So I'm gonna put you guys on the spot. Saint starting quarterback week one. I'm gonna give you the choice. Jameis Winston or Mac Jones. Who do you want as the Saint mm. starting quarterback week one?
3: Who, who do I want? Boy.
2: Yeah, yeah. Who would you want given that choice between those two? <sighs>
3: Fuck. <laughs>
2: I'll go first. I'll go with, I'm going to
3: go with Mac Jones first just because I really want to just see like a young rookie. I just want to see Sean Payton with a young rookie who's talented and just, just to see what he can do. Like
2: you want to start and, fresh,
3: just start fresh and see what the fuck happens. It could go horribly wrong. Horribly
0: wrong. <laughs> <laughs> and it
3: wouldn't, it wouldn't even shock me, but it's just like, I would just be interested to see that just to kind of check that off the list. Whereas you know, with the with a, somebody like Jameis, a veteran, I just I feel like there's a ceiling already there with mm. that. I, I don't mm. see him leading the Saints to Super Bowl. You know, I do see them competing and being fun and you know probably being in the mix for the playoffs, but I see a cap there. Whereas with mm. Mac Jones, you know we could pick him apart now, but honestly, with a rookie, you just don't know. I mean, I, I couldn't stand Justin Herbert last year. I, I thought he was oh one of just a and the boy was a dog. He was a dog. And like he's looking, he's looking like one of the most promising quarterbacks coming in the next season. So
1: he Justin Herbert looks like one of the best quarterbacks in the league, young quarterbacks in the league, behind Patrick Mahomes. Like that's yeah. how like that's insane.
2: That's nuts. That's nuts. <laughs> that's nuts. And, and you know what, with Herbert, uh, you know, with Herbert and Josh Allen and Buffalo, I, I think those are cases why why we bet on tools sometimes, right? Because mm-hmm. in college, very up and down, and there was plenty of reason to believe, hey, these guys could very easily bust, right? But you bet on, on the tools, right? You're betting on what they can be, not necessarily what they are. And, and sure enough, they're turning into the best versions of themselves.
1: Absolutely. Um, so I'll... I'll go just be contrarian, and that's not just me. I'm just not going to get being contrarian just to, to go against Ryan. I would say bring Jameis back, and then because then you have number 28 to add more to the team, whether that's mm-hmm. offensive, defense, you know. Because if you're if you don't bring Jameis back or whatever at 28, like you're adding the quarterback, I think right now the team, although there's holes on the team, it's a still. There's a lot of talent on the team. Obviously, they have some free agent stuff to work out. If they're going to bring Marcus Williams back, or if they're going to do long-term with Marshawn Lattimore, those things need to be worked out. But as a whole, there's still a lot of talent on the team Yeah, um, as a whole. So I would say bring James back and then add more talent at 28. Wide receiver, cornerback, pass rusher, whatever. Just add more talent and then go from there.
2: So it's definitely gonna be Taysom Hill, right?
1: <laughs> Boy, if it's Taysom Hill, says Twitter will be its, at its peak, <laughs> like the golden age of Saints Twitter will be upon us if it's Taysom Hill for a full season. <laughs> uh, something I, I, I do want to get your perspective on because I know I won't say like I know how you value draft picks. And so this hypothetical trade that's kind of floating around that Carolina may offer the Texans to get Deshaun of number eight, Christian McCaffrey, Teddy, and two future firsts to land Deshaun. What are your, Because I, again, I know you're kind of walking away from the draft soon, but what are your thoughts on that just as a whole? Like, is that too much? I, Cause I know what I feel, but I just wanted to hear what what your thoughts were.
2: I mean, I would do that in a heartbeat if I was Carolina. Right. I mean, I mean, my, my whole thing is, I always said it's impossible to overpay for a good starting quarterback, right? Thank if you, you get a good quarterback, it doesn't matter what you gave up. It's going to be worth it. And what are they really giving up there? I mean, Teddy Bridgewater, they're, they're trying to get rid of him. I mean, that, they'd probably pay you to take them at this point. So that's not an asset that you're getting necessarily there. Um, Christian McCaffrey. I mean, I'm not a believer in paying running back. So to me, thank you for taking that off my hands. Let me go out and get somebody in the third round, making 500 grand for that position. And then the two future first round picks, they're going to be in the back half of the first round because Deshaun Watson's my quarterback. So yeah, sign me up for that. <laughs> Otherwise, I mean, what else? What's Carolina's other alternative at quarterback? I mean, dr- bringing in, Zach Wilson or Trey Lance, and hoping. I mean, so yeah, I I think that's a no brainer. But I mean, Houston's in a tough spot. I mean, they're actually pretty fortunate that they maybe have a couple teams with a lot, lot of assets that are willing to make offers in Carolina, maybe Miami. You know, I mean, to me, that's the team that makes the most sense for asset wise. If I'm Houston, I, you know, I want to go get Tua and a bunch of those draft picks. But yeah, but I mean, the fact that Carolina is also potentially in there, you get could get that bidding more. It's going to give Houston a chance to maybe make a little bit of the best out of a a terrible situation they've made for themselves.
3: Scott, what are some things that kind of uh, surprised you this past uh, NFL season from, you know, players that were drafted uh, last year?
2: Uh, Yeah, you know, I got to pull up the, uh, like, the uh, first-round the, uh, the the history here and see like some of the names here off the top of my head, but um, you, you know, one thing I was thinking about the other day, and it's not necessarily that you're answering your exact question, but I think last year about how Isaiah Simmons, right? From Clemson, the linebacker slash safety, everybody loved, every team's fan base loved Isaiah Simmons. We got to have him, right? The Giants had to have him at four. Maybe the Lions were going to take him at three. He's this jack of all trades. He's this weapon. He can do everything, right? I mean, what kind of? He had a good rookie season, but it's not like he was this transcendent talent, right? No, I feel no. like the guy in this class is Florida tight end Kyle Pitts. It's the same thing. Like everybody up in the draft, they they oh, they want their team. We're doing to see Kyle, Kyle Pitts Pitt
1: slander on this
0: episode. Oh my god!
2: Yeah, <laughs> i I'm very, and it's not that I just. I mean, you, you you hear Cincinnati? If Cincinnati takes Kyle Pitts over a top offensive tackle, oh, that's that's I, that's I, dumb. I don't know. That's but, dumb. Yeah, I mean. But, but I just think Kyle Pitts is – it's nice. He's a very easy guy to dream on, but it's a very hard weapon to put into practice, right? And I always get leery when you're talking about players at, that we're going to get creative with to use them, right? I don't want to have to get creative with the top 10 pick. I want that guy to be a stud, right? I think of Tavon Austin. I think of Ted Ginn. You know, oh. I, I – I I mean, I feel like Kyle Pitts is like the tight end version of that. I mean, how many top 10 tight end picks have really worked out for their teams? Like Vernon Davis?
1: Yeah, Vernon. I mean, it's a a, a low number. It's a very low number. I mean, I can go back way in the
2: 90s with, you know, Ricky Dudley and Kyle Brady and those guys. But even more recently, Eric Ebron, um, Kellen Winslow. Uh, you know, I mean, it's no, not, I mean, it's not great. I mean, just it's sent,
1: not, he got sent to the prison for, for raping old women.
2: Yeah. I mean, it's not necessarily an indictment of their talents. It's just, I, I just don't think positionally value wise, the team's going to get enough usage out of them to justify the, taking them that early.
1: Even the Giants with, um, Oh God, what's his name? Evan Ingram. Yeah. There you go.
2: I, yeah. I, it's just, uh, give me Pat Fryer move in the second round every day of the week I don't I over Kyle Pitts in the top 10
1: maybe top 10 is high but like I just here, here here's a, a draft thing when I watch prospects and it sounds dumb to say and I think Ryan will know what, what I'm talking about like some players I, I watch and I'm like oh that player's a dog like he's just yeah. an all-out dog and Kyle Pitts like when I watch him like he's a dog like there's there's like no, like, so maybe top 10, but like, I could easily, and this is my worst case scenario because I still have some, a little hatred for the 49ers, not as much as I did, but I could see him going 12 or whatever, wherever the 49ers are picking. And him being paired with Kyle Shanahan and Kyle Pitts, and then you have Debo, and then you have Brian Ayuk, and like, I see that as like a very good fit for him. Like in terms of like getting creative, like he's going, he would go to a team or offensive coordinator that knows exactly what to do to utilize him, um, to maximize him to his potential. Um, I, I love Kyle Pitts though. Like I love him at the prospect. Um, I I saw in the Florida games where he just just stood out and made clutch plays. Like I'm a Kyle Pitts fan, but I do get where drafting him maybe in the top ten would be too, too rich for for a tight end.
2: Yeah, and like I say, it's nothing against Kyle Pitts as a talent. It's just I don't think he's going to give you enough bang for your buck of where you're going to have to draft him. And, and Just like Isaiah Simmons. I mean, Isaiah Simmons did a lot of things, but they didn't really know what to do with him. Uh, so it, it's going to be the same thing with Pitts, I'm, I worry.
3: And you just With Isaiah Simmons, you just kind of felt that coming, didn't you? It was like, mm-hmm. man, yeah. like, they, like, well, like had what like you history going to do him? Yeah, they do exactly.
0: Well, with Hassan Reddick.
3: Yeah, exactly, exactly. And he was just one of those players like, what do you do with him exactly? You know what I'm saying? It's like, like damn, he good, but what do you do on the NFL field? Like they're, they're it's the, like, the, it's like, like the, taking
2: one of the best pass rushing linebackers in the draft and only oh, wow. pass rushing him nine times is Ricky
3: Sanders. Oh, he's oh, – Shut, okay. Shut up. Shut up. Shut up.
2: <laughs>
3: <laughs> Don't get me started <laughs> on Zach Bowen, bro. <laughs> We knew it as soon as the draft was over, they had you know the post draft presser. and like yeah he's gonna be plugged in that mic. And I'm like, huh? Yes.
2: <laughs> what? <laughs>
3: like, what? what's going on here? Like, and they weren't even like does think somebody asked him, like, well, he did pass for us, so you're gonna have him like, no, he's a mic. <laughs> okay. <laughs> you
1: know,
3: you guys are the smarter ones, so all right,
1: you guys what you gonna do. Uh um, <laughs> thank you for that Scott I, I love it um so a, 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 I have I think I have maybe two more for you so a prospect that I know he like if he had declared last year he would have probably gotten a lot going a lot higher um but he got the injury was Dylan Moses linebacker from Alabama I didn't watch enough Alabama games this season um to know how he kind of bounced back from the injury but like what where is like what is he as a prospect as a, as a linebacker I guess is my first question and my follow-up would be is he still slated to go in the first round or is he potentially going to drop to like second round like where, where is he as a prospect I know that because I just remember the name because that was a popular name that people kept mocking to the Saints last year had he declared after the injury
2: yeah, well, I mean, what he was was just the perfect modern-day linebacker, right? I mean, he's just, just a, a explosive. I think had he come out in last year's draft, he would have been right there in the conversation with Kenneth Murray and Jordan Brooks and Patrick Queen, who are all late first-round picks. And uh, but, but, unfortunately, the injury hit and he missed the season, uh, and and he just wasn't the same this year, um, from what I saw. I thought he clearly looked like he lost a step and. And from talking to people, I think that was the consensus I received from them as well. And and the question is, is is it just you know it's going to take him a year and a half to get back, or is this what he is now? I think that's the question teams are going to have to ask themselves because, and and if you feel he can get back to where he was, he's a first round type talent. Uh, he's the perfect modern day linebacker that he can. He's a great athlete. He can go sideline to sideline. He can drop into coverage. Um, If he's going to be more like he was this year, he's probably played more like a third round pick this year. So maybe the truth ultimately lies somewhere in between where he ends up being a second round pick, but I think he's going to be a day two pick, uh, pick now um, just uh, because it, because the, the, the senior year the tape just was not as good.
3: Um, You mentioned uh, the Dolphins being a good candidate as a, Team with the ammo to trade for uh, Deshaun Watson, and you threw Tour in there. Are you are you kind of surprised that kind of the the shine on Tour has kind of dwindled off a little bit? Just you know, just that quick after one year,
2: a little bit. And I think a lot of it has to do with how the Dolphins handled him, right? I mean, they how they benched him, uh, and and it, the Dolphins twice. didn't seem to show a lot of faith in him, right? I mean, They've been why do we have faith in him? when the dolphins don't seem to have very much faith in them. So I, I think that's where it stems from. Right. I mean, um, and, and maybe they have every reason to, maybe they're seeing something we're not, but yeah, I think there's definitely cause for concern there. Um, and, and uh, it, it'll be interesting what the dolphins do. I mean, they're saying all the right things right now, but they're in a position with number three overall, where they could potentially go out and get another quarterback. They can make them move for Sean Watson. Uh, they have a lot of, different cards they can play. And I I think to me that they're the fascinating team to watch um, with with Sean Watson and they make the most sense. It's just a matter of, do they want to pull the trigger? But I I think they have the the godfather offer that can't be matched if they want to make
1: the offer. You can go ahead. Sorry, I was was muted. What a a work (laughs) mistake. Um, (laughs) I I know – I know how you feel about um, drafting running backs in the first round. So we're not going to get into that debate, <laughs> but uh, I'm a big fan of both Najee Harris and Travis Etienne. Um, I actually spoke, I talked about it with Ryan on our last episode, that like at 28, if the Saints stay at 28, like, at, at this point, they just need to be focused on drafting good players. Screw, pos- screw positional need. screw what you need. If there's a good player, draft that player. Um, right receiver, running back, it doesn't matter. Um, please, please avoid offensive line if you can. I don't know if we as fans are going <laughs> to handle that one more time. Um, but I, I threw out this, you know, hypothetical, you know, kind of if Najee Harris was there at 28, you know, Saints drafting him and kind of creating this double backfield that Jameis can lean on, and you know, you ride your your backfield and your offensive line deep into the playoffs, and that kind of be the you know the the, the mo of the offense. What are I don't want to talk about value, but what are your thoughts of of Najee Harris as a as a prospect?
2: Yeah. No, I, and I like your premise, you know, like you say, um, give Jameis a really strong running game. And I like that one, two punch of, of Kamara and Najee Harris uh, guys. And, you know, so I, I think that that makes a, a sense on a lot of levels. Uh, and I definitely think Najee would be a better fit there than Etienne, obviously. And yeah. and Najee, he, yeah. he impressed me this year. You know, you kind of get this impression that these, these Alabama running backs are just these big stiff straight ahead guys, but now she's got a little wiggle, right? I mean, oh, he a definitely of, he tackles, a but he's got wiggle for a big guy, which you don't always see. So, yeah, I, I became more of a fan of him this year than I was the year before. I got to say, um, he, he he made a believer out of me. Would I take him in the first round? Absolutely not. But, but,
1: Sorry, I, but We, we said I, disregard value.
2: <laughs> but but yes yes I, I I do think he's the top running back in this draft. I if I had to choose between him and ETN, I would go with Harris. But um but I don't I neither would have a first round grade. I don't think on my board. I think they're both kind of in that that first round fringe. I'm good, man. I'm, I'm glad to just have you on, brother.
1: Yeah. I, I think, I think I, I think I've hit on everything. Um, I, I have one more cause I, I've watched, I've watched, was it Rondell Moore from Purdue? Um, yeah. haven't watched your, the guy in your, your neighborhood, um, Sean Bateman. Bateman. Yeah. I haven't watched him yet. Um, it's funny cause when I watch more, the player that re- he reminded me of was DJ Moore of the Carolina Panthers. Um, I watched the game he played as a freshman against the um, Ohio state and I was like, Oh shit. And then, but then I watched his more recent games and like there's glimpses of that player, but like, it's not as consistent as that game was. Um, so just what are your thoughts on more compared to, to Bateman? Um, Cause I, I haven't watched Bateman like whatsoever, but just what are your, your thoughts on them as, as prospects before we, before we get you out of here?
2: I mean, Moore is a stick of dynamite, right? I mean, he's small, but so fast and just an electric playmaker, but limited track record. He, he mm-hmm. hasn't been able to stay healthy and really ran a limited route tree in college too. Mm-hmm. So very much a project. I think he's going to end up being more of a gadget guy early on. You know, you're going to have to work with him and develop him and hope he can stay healthy. I, I've got concerns about him. I would have trouble pulling the trigger as much as I enjoy watching him when he's healthy there's a lot of red flags there with him that that would lead me to pump the brakes and be cautious. Uh, Rashad Bateman, I, I think he's going to be a second round pick when all is said and done. I know he's got a lot of fans and people talk about him as a first rounder, but I just don't think he's going to run quite well enough to be a first round pick, especially in this wide receiver class, where he's got a lot of competition, but just a really good player. I mean, when everybody was talking about Tyler Johnson, two years ago, I was saying the younger guy that's he's going to be the player. Um, and you know the comparison I've heard and I've made is Michael Thomas. So I think Adam, I think you're going to like him when you take a really close look. Um, there's a lot to like about Rashad Bateman, um, and uh, he's going to be one of those guys. He's going to outperform his draft slot, just like Michael Thomas did uh, last year. Um, Chase Claypool, I was a huge fan oh, of. You were, you were, man, yeah. you called well, it. Well, I'm a little bit of a Notre Dame Homer in that regard too. So, but but I did really believe in Chase Claypool and. And he surpassed even my expectations. And and I, I think Bateman, you know, he's gonna be that type of player too, where somebody's gonna get him in the second round and and he's gonna outperform two of the three two or three of the receivers that went in the first round ahead of him.
1: Does Bateman, and I only kind of say this because I just know size-wise, uh, is, is there some Cortland Sutton to his game? Yeah, a little bit, a little bit.
2: I think he's a little I don't think he's quite as stiff. I think he's got a little bit more um looseness to his game, Uh, but, but yeah, yep. And, uh, but real, a really good all around player. Um, There's not a lot of obvious flaws in his game, really. uh, The nuances of the position. um, He checks a lot of those boxes.
1: Is there any chance, any chance that Jalen Waddle makes it to 28? (laughs) No, no. Well, all right.
2: (laughs) All right, Scott. Um, Is he going to make it to eight? That's the question. <laughs> it to eight.
1: And I and I and I only because I I really felt that maybe the the injury would have pushed him, you know, pushed him down a lot of draft boards, or maybe he, you know, maybe he falls a little bit in the draft. But uh, it's probably yeah, it's not going to happen. I don't think so. Yeah, <laughs> never say
2: never. I I followed the NFL draft long enough to no, know never say never.
1: Yeah. Um. I think that's, I think that's it. We covered it. We're, we're, we're not going to pick your mind of, huh, why did, why did Caesar Ruiz not play well this season? Why did Zach Vaughn only rush the posture nine times? We don't, that's, what's up? What That's, that's all hat. Well, that's whatever. <laughs> but <laughs> as, as always, Scott, thank you so much for, for coming on. You, like Ryan said, you came on the pod when we were, you know, like infants, you know, growing the pod and talked about the draft last year. Um, coming on again this year before the draft. And I, I want to give you credit too, because I remember, and like this for sure, I remember when we spoke, when I did the Saints Talk podcast with Nick Underhill, we did an episode prior to the Mahomes draft. And you had, we talked about Marshawn Lattimore, the pro, you know, and you, you know, he didn't think that he could fall to 11 because you know no one did at that point, but you know it happened. But something you said was well, maybe the Saints should maybe think about Marlon Humphrey, Alabama. Like you were very high on Marlon Humphrey, and he went very you know he went a lot later to the Ravens, and you could argue that you know they've been. One could argue that maybe Marlon Humphrey is a better corner overall or maybe it's, a, it's at least a close conversation so I just that something that from that episode years ago that still stood, stood you know stood out to me like so even though it sounds like you're venturing away from the draft game as a whole just don't venture away from it from it too far man because your your eye yeah. and talent has always been you know top and, and and upper echelon
2: I appreciate that, and it's definitely not goodbye. It's definitely more of a see you later, and I appreciate you guys having me. Uh, Like I said, I haven't had a chance to really talk football and draft in depth here for a few months, really, so uh, this was great to get my fix, so I hope you guys will have me back so we can do it again.
3: Hell yeah, and I'm you know, I know you're still going to be tied to the draft, man. Like, you won't be able to help it. Like, you might not be, like, studying all, like, 400 players and all that shit, but you probably going to have, like, your little top 50 board just written down on your little Excel pad or something like that. Like, I know you,
2: man. I'm not going to be able to resist doing a mock draft. It's going to have to happen.
1: So, if you, okay, so last one. If you were to mock a player right now to the Saints, you know, 28, they don't make any moves, they just think about the type of talent that might be available in that range from, you know, what you know and your projections. Give me, give me a player on the spot mm,
2: good yeah good question good question um well I mean I was just look you know I was just honestly I'm just looking at the depth chart here and just trying to decide what position I think is going to be the priority and what they're gonna you know what what would you guys what, what do you guys say you know because I'm been watching watch what did you say are the top two needs oh boy
1: top two needs yeah uh, I'll let,
2: obviously quarterbacks a question mark but I mean yeah, yeah. uh
1: I'll let Oh, that's tough, man. Top, I would say with the impending potential loss of Trey Hendrickson, um, Marcus Davenport not living up to expectations, Cam Jordan getting older, I would say some type of edge rusher presence is definitely a need. Um, I, yeah, I'd say that's top two because there are times last season where there was no pass rush and and that made it very hard for the defense, and then. It's gonna sound weird to say, but I still think they need to bring in another offensive weapon. I know it's kind of a cop out. I don't want to, I don't want to pigeonhole and say wide receiver, tight end, or whatever. But I think they need to bring another highly talented player offensively. Um, to again, I, I'm in the mindset whoever the quarterback is, Taysom, Jameis. Mac Jones, well, just Mac Jones, obviously, but Taysom James, whatever. Flood your quarterback with offensive, we- like we just saw yeah. it with Tom Brady. He had Mike Evans, Chris Godwin, Scotty Miller, A B, Gronk, Cameron great uh Ronald Jones, Leonard Fournette, like flood your team with offensive weapons and then, you know, let let they go as they may. So that would be my two top, my two tough needs. I agree. It's yeah, not, and- it's it's not a need, but I, I think they have if if you drafted Zach Bond in the third, like he he kind of has to be the answer that who's gonna play next to Demario Davis. Like I, there's no really other way about it, unless they're gonna reverse course and have Zach Bond become more of a pass rusher. But a need also if is like I still feel like Demario Davis needs a running mate. They <clears throat> they had it in Quan Alexander and it was beautiful to watch like almost tears were streaming from my eyes it was so beautiful um, yes. but that torn Achilles obviously you know injured him and you know he might be, he's off, He might be back on, on a reduced deal but who knows what type of player he's going to be because he's coming back from a lot of injuries over his career so I do think DeMario Davis having a running mate is also important so okay I'm done that's my spell <laughs>
2: No, no, I, 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 think, uh, I think you probably hit him too, and and I like what you said too at the beginning. You know, talk about J. C. Horn. I think bringing in the defensive back, I think corner or safety potentially. You know, I think they could, could consider, um, and and then just the defensive line, um, I, I think there too. I think they could use maybe some, some depth inside or outside. Uh, you know, the name I'm going to throw out for the Saints, and I don't know if you guys are going to like it or not, but Jalen Phillips, the defensive lineman from UCLA. What do you think of that? No,
1: no idea. who is he a, like a, like a D tackle?
2: He's a defensive end. He was like a, one of these stud recruits in the nation coming out of high school and he committed to UCLA and he, he looked great as a true freshman. I remember watching him at UCLA and then he got hurt and he had some concussions and he actually retired for a little while. <laughs> then he transferred to Miami. Oh my God. This is not, if this is not a safe player, I don't know what
1: is. This is, this, what I'm,
2: this, this is what I'm getting at, right? And he just transferred to Miami this year, and he had a whale of a season for the Hurricanes. I mean, he was downright dominant at times. Uh, just a really good pass rusher. He can stand up or play with his hand in the ground. Um, you know, he uses his hands well. Um, he's not just a one-trick pony. He has a array of moves. Um, it's just it's durability, right, and and passion, you know? But, I mean, he's like top of the draft type of talent. But So, yeah, I'm going to go with Jalen Philps for the Saints,
1: Saints fans, you've listened listening to this. You don't. You don't have to watch anyone else. Like we, we know who we're gonna pick. Like it's done. This is it. I can already see it, man. Everybody's gonna be like, who? <laughs> <laughs> Write it down. I am. Not, I am not sure in a lot of things in life, but Scott said injuries, concussion, retired from football. If that's not, uh, ho- holei ki- Kikaha, like. I, Put them on the board. Put them on the board. Mm-hmm. It's, it's Dundale. Um, okay, we'll we'll get you out of here, Scott. Um, as always, though, you're, you're part of our our draft family. I mean, I've known you for for years, even before this whole podcasting thing. Like the just the relationships that I've built from just your website and your forum um, is insane. Like there's so many of us that have you know obviously migrated to Twitter um, and everything, and so. You know, I, I want you to know the the lasting impact that you've had in the whole internet draft uh, uh, atmosphere and stratosphere. So, um, really appreciate it, man. And when the draft is over, we're gonna get you on have a recap pod or recap pod. Talk about the Saints picks. Talk about all the picks you you didn't like them drafting. Um, and then, and then just go from there, man.
2: Thank you so much. To, and those kind of words, too. I, I truly do appreciate that. And, and draft countdown, like I said, more to come, but it's going to live on. It's going to continue to be a place where uh, people who love the, the draft can go and, and get their fix. So uh, stay tuned.
1: All right. Oh, yeah, that, man. Appreciate it, appreciate Scott. And so Thanks, fellas. We're going to get out of there. With that, we're out. Peace.